0: Welcome to Murder on Silk Road, the podcast that explores Asian and European true crime cases. I'm Julia and with me is my
1: friend and co-host Lena. I'm Lena and each episode we will be sharing either an Asian or a European case. Between these episodes we will bring you a shorter in-between episode where whoever did a case that week will prepare a random topic to discuss.
0: Before we get started, a general warning. The themes discussed in these stories may be disturbing and triggering for some, so listener discretion is advised.
1: Okay, I'm definitely recording now. (laughs) Take two. (laughs) Yeah, no, so uh, this is the first episode where it's just Julia and I recording, uh, because as we mentioned in the first episode, Angela, um, she was going to be with us, you know, full-time we want to do it as a trio, but she didn't have the time to commit entirely to the podcast, so she would just join us whenever she has time, which we will see how that goes, because...
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're very similar, and she definitely brought in a lot of different experience and um, a different energy, so...
1: Yeah, I and hope, yeah. <laughs> also we'll have to, um, I guess, prepare stories and edit more frequently than we were expecting that's true
0: too yes
1: yes so let's see if we can we hope we can yeah
0: we hope we can keep up
1: yeah we really want to so
0: because I mean yeah she she's really Mm -hmm. busy in her personal life but it's not like we're just sitting around not doing anything either (laughs) so
1: yeah no it was definitely more manageable if when we were three people but
0: We'll do our best. Yeah, we will. So. I mean, we we want to do this, and it's fun for us to do this, so we definitely want to. Yeah. But speaking of personal lives, so yes, uh, I had my first day, like first proper day, sort of back at school in quotation marks, Ooh. I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think I don't know if we talked about it in one of our episodes. Or if it was like in one of our meetings sure. when we were talking about it. But yeah. I started this sort of... Um, so in Germany, it's called an Ausbildung as a Druckist. Mm. So I guess that's sort of like vocational training. It's kind of like... it's. Um, oh, my stomach just grumbled. Whoops. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that in the recording. We'll find out, I guess. I I Maybe
1: in the recording. But,
0: um, but... It's like one half is you're in school and learning stuff and the other half you're actually Mm -hmm. sort of using the skills you're learning um, at work and Mm -hmm. so that means I am back in school as weird as that is
1: and congratulations (laughs)
0: well let's keep the congratulations uh, in the in the backseat for now because I don't know how to feel about (laughs) it yet because so the thing is a lot of people that do start an Ausbildung in Germany it's um, kids or like young adults that are just done with school and like so there's three Mm -hmm. different levels of schooling in Germany so the um, shortest one you I think you only finish like grade nine and then like the next one you only finish grade 10 and then the highest one you um, finish like you do until grade 12 and then So, Mm -hmm. like, it allows you different things. And so a lot of them, like, they literally just finished, like, grade 9 or 10. Meaning, like, if you do the math, they are very young in comparison to me. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm actually the oldest in my class, which has never (laughs) happened before. I always used to be one of Mm -hmm. the youngest. But the youngest in my class is basically, like... 16 and a half like she doesn't turn oh, 17 wow. until next year
1: <laughs> that's super young
0: it's so weird Damn. yeah right it's just you can really tell the difference in sort of mindset and attitude already mm-hmm. so we'll see how that goes but it was actually really interesting for the first day I'm actually really excited because we already got a very um exciting project for one of my classes that
1: okay I'm looking forward so you to do day. this how often do you have to go to your lessons every week so it's twice a week and mm. it's uh, both days
0: it's from 7:50 to 1 p.m
1: so early okay
0: <laughs> well it's it's fine because some of my shifts I start at 6 a.m so yeah. I, I've kind of got used to the whole getting up early. And I mean, if you think about it, when did we get up for school when we were still like in high school? Or in uh, I think
1: China. the latest for my alarm was always 7.30. Really? The bus came at 7.50. So when I get up at 7.30, I just
0: it's insane that you remember teeth, that
1: grab some bread and then just run out
0: i i've been trying to yeah, remember because i was always
1: because i was always running late so i remember <laughs> oh my god it's seven fifty, and i start running um but yeah you were always there early
0: well i try to be because yeah i was always yeah. like what if i missed the bus <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean i did miss the bus a few times yeah not that often but a few times
0: yeah, yeah. but that's that's sort of been uh my week mm-hmm. what about yours
1: Uh, I went to Tokyo for two days just to because I have to go back to the Tokyo office uh, once a month. And I stayed at my first capsule hotel. Oh, whoa,
0: really? Okay, what was that like? Yeah,
1: It was okay. Many people know this, I think, but I didn't. I just thought, you know, it was an actual capsule where you could open and close a door or something Mm -hmm. when you go in. But it was not that. It was basically a roll down sort of piece of cloth or uh, curtain that you could separate yourself for privacy Mm -hmm. um so you basically climb into this thing and roll down this curtain hook it at the bottom so it stays there and that's it so like the sound was pretty okay uh, a lot more intense than i thought so you could hear other people snoring and in the morning when they got up before you um you could hear them leaving so but i'm not that sensitive to sound like i i i sleep through most of it so
0: well i wonder if there's differences between like capsule hotels where the sort of door i guess or entrance Probably, is different yeah.
1: mm, i think so and uh, this one was also a more sauna focused capsule so it was called sauna plus sleep or something like that and basically it had a really nice sauna facility and uh yeah, So, a lot of people go there for the sauna and maybe just rest up a bit if maybe if they missed the last train or something. So, yeah, that was that was That's, fun. Okay, <laughs> it was cheap and I wanted to experience it. So,
0: cool, it was
1: good.
0: Okay, then hmm. but now you're back in Kyoto,
1: yes. Okay, yes, I'm back now. That was my week. Um, anything else? Oh, we wanted to say that the first episode is live oh my gosh so this is the first time we're recording (laughs) after you know the podcast going public oh that's so weird and actually having people listen yeah it's very weird and we're surprised by some people listening from countries where we don't know anyone yeah we want to
0: thank that's really obviously a lot of the um listeners we have are probably people where we've been like hey guys this is our thing we did this can you <laughs> listen to it i like i know some of my friends have yeah. listened but yeah mm-hmm. it's very surprising to see that there's actually people who just like stumbled upon it somehow
1: and we want to say thank you yes. and we hope you enjoy it yeah and um we have an instagram account so please comment something so yeah I mean you don't have to of course but we're just really shocked that there's people we don't know so yeah
0: so we plan Um, to use the Instagram sort of with every new case episode to just sort of post some of the visuals that we use um so you guys Mm -hmm. can get a feel for like the people and the like locations and so Mm -hmm. yeah it'd be it give you a bit of a more in-depth sort of overview of stuff we're doing like the first case like second again like you can see what he yeah. actually looks like um but also if you just want to say hi and like send us a message go
1: ahead and do that because we'd yes, love to we hear would from really you be happy about it. or you know if you want to give us some advice yes or definitely
0: definitely <laughs> feel
1: free to let us know
0: otherwise you yeah. can also send stuff like that to. no oh
1: oh right no we have a different email we don't <laughs> That will be beeped out. But um, uh, we don't actually have an email for people to email us yet. True. So,
0: yeah, let's we'll make one. Just just message yeah. us
1: on Instagram if you want to reach yeah, out. Yeah, message us on Instagram. and we'll let you know when we have an email. Yes. Account for that. Ex- uh, yes. If there's a need for that, we'll see. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So that's is that it then? That's all I can think about.
0: Let's just. <laughs>
1: yeah let's
0: start the first case without angela which i know uh, is so sad but yeah
1: i'm sure she'll come back
0: i'm sure she'll listen to hopefully (laughs) imagine she just doesn't (laughs) listen anymore
1: (laughs) okay yes so this story i'm actually very excited to tell you about but also it's so convoluted complex i really want to do justice but i know i won't because it's there's just so much going on. Okay,
0: I'm excited.
1: But I'll do my best, and so we already had a tiny spoiler. You know that this takes place in Nepal. Yes. Yes. Do you have any knowledge, any idea what this could be um, about? Um,
0: I'm. I think, um, is it to do with their like um, royal family?
1: Okay. Yeah. So we, was that also in the spoiler?
0: <laughs> I think. Um. For a short time, it might have been on our, like, episode list. But it is one of the few things I do know about Nepal. Is that they had this, like... First of all, that they have a royal family. And that that there was this Mm -hmm. um, massacre. But I don't know anything about it.
1: Okay, that's good then. Uh, And I also, before, you know, doing some research about cases we could do... I have never heard of this before. Okay, And this really baffled me because... We were living in China at this time. Of course, we were very young. Wait, what? But.
0: It's that recent?
1: The neighboring. Yeah, it's a neighboring country. So this happened in 2001.
0: I thought this was like the 80s or 90s. Were you already in China at the time, 2001? 2001, no. I was three. Yeah,
1: well. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. Um, Yeah, math. So, how old was I? I was still six, I think.
0: Yeah. Was I? Wait, I'm born 98. You're no. born 94? Yes. So you were seven. Shit. I was seven, yeah. Oh my God. You were just. No, in I, I didn't have my birthday yet. <laughs> okay, okay. But you just, yes. like, fi- basically yeah, finished just that first is... grade, maybe.
1: Exactly. But it also just goes to show you how our education was so European and US centric that this major thing happened in a neighboring country and we never knew yeah. about it.
0: It's it's kind of sad that, like, yeah, okay, there's, like, all these, like, you can't learn all of history, but that's mm. so big and, like, fascinating. Yeah. But maybe they <laughs> don't want to, like, all the, like, murder mm. stuff to, pe- like, kids in school, but who knows.
1: Well, to be fair, we watched this List in seventh grade, you, so. What you did. Like, I love oh, that movie. Grade. I
0: think it was I love that grade, movie. But, um, I think yeah. it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I think it's so important. Mm. But I didn't see it until yeah. I was, like, out of school. Like, I n- never
1: would have stopped. No, 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 we watched it in school. Holy shit. Eighth grade. And, of course, being the... Oh, I can't remember. If you, no, I was in the... So, I was the only half German. So, <laughs> it felt really weird. It felt like I was really to blame for everything. Yeah. Uh, you, but, yeah. I
0: mean, without even, like, any reminder of the uh, stuff that happened in world war ii i don't i, I think we mm. feel a sort of like responsibility
1: yeah we definitely, felt like apologetic yeah and, we definitely
0: carry some mm. emotion with us regarding it even though w- yes. we were so far from even existing yeah but that's so <laughs> awkward
1: <laughs> but yeah so anyway we learned about the holocaust fortunately but this was something we didn't learn about and it is quite important to go over some of uh, nepal's history and politics mm. because it plays a role in this story but i won't i mean I, I will go into some detail but not too much so this is a very simplified version first of uh how the country kind of came about and how what role the royal family played okay. and of course i'm not an expert at all i read some articles watched some documentaries so that's your are- <laughs> extent of my knowledge you should get a phd now so yeah if i get anything wrong apologies in advance and with the pronunciations i'm also i'll try to say it in i think they pronounce it with the rolled r the names and all that okay but if i switch to an english pronunciation throughout the story then yeah sorry about that (laughs) yeah it's
0: not one of the Uh, languages that you have any um experience in
1: No, no. So, uh, and just before I get started, a lot of the articles I read are from the Nepali Times. Of course, a bunch of Wikipedia articles, and the rest will all be linked in the show notes. All right. And yeah, so we'll start with a brief history. And the royal family in Nepal actually has its roots in the creation of the country. Oh. So before 1768, Nepal, as we know it today, it consisted of 54 individual states and they all had they all had their own rulers. Okay, so similar so to actually what
0: Germany used to be before the um, it became yeah a, in a yeah, sense
1: the all yeah, these different exactly. sort of
0: clans and yeah mm-hmm.
1: exactly yeah and one of those rulers he was the uh, the king uh, Pr- <laughs> king Fritvi Fritvi Narayan Shah of the Gorkha state that
0: sounded really and good but what do I know.
1: Thank you. I will just call him King Prithvi. And he conquered, he had, he had a lot of ambition and he wanted to unify Nepal. So he started conquering the neighboring states and eventually he succeeded and created the Kingdom of Nepal. And naturally he became the first king. Actually. Mm-hmm. And so our story takes place in 2001. And at this time, uh, King Prithvi's Shah dynasty. Has gone into its tenth generation with King Birendra ruling over the country. So, from the birth of the country in 1768 until 2001, when the story takes place, the same dynasty wow. has been ruling. There was Nepal.
0: no like coups or like other people trying for power, or are you uh, just not talking that about? that you would say that.
1: <laughs> I will briefly mention it because there's one bit of it that is uh, relevant. So. It's been 200 plus years Mm. between, well, since the start, uh, between King Prithvi and King Virendra's reigns. And long story short, a lot did happen, but uh, for over 100 years, between 1846 and 1951. So as, you know, recent as 1951, uh, the monarchy was pretty much just a puppet. Mm. They were secretly, well, not secretly, they were basically ruled by a different clan the Rana family. Oh, interesting. And they didn't get rid of the monarchy completely, but they ruled the country as prime ministers. And you would think you know prime ministers that's elected, right? But not in this case. In this case they inherited the prime minister's role. Ah, mhm. Okay. So yeah, for over 100 years, uh the king existed and I think if I'm not mistaken, it kind of happened with, you know, one of the older kings dying and then his son was very very young like mm, a child like regency when he became king. stuff exactly mm. so then that's when you know everybody's trying to sort of scavenge for power and fight over it, it, it and that's where the rana family that's succeeded it's not
0: always the deal
1: yeah so they actually this family learned from this mistake so in their case with the prime minister role and they also had some other government roles that they gave to their own families which were also inherited uh, they didn't do it by you know father-son, mm-hmm. but instead by the oldest male person in the family. Oh, interesting. So it would be brothers that came before sons. So then when this generation all passed away, it would then go to the oldest person of the next generation. Oh. Oldest male, of course. Okay. Yeah, so that's the reason the Rana family was so successful, or one of the reasons, because they never had a child <laughs> become prime minister. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So they always had a mature person, basically, in control.
0: Makes sense, in a way.
1: Yeah, it it does make sense. So this ended, though, in 1951. And I'm not going to go into the details here. But basically, it had something to do with uh, the British Empire, kind of, or Indian independence. Like, a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. going on in neighboring countries. And eventually, the Shah King, the... from... uh, eventually the Shah King who was just a puppet he mm. was an adult at this point and he pretty much reclaimed the power with the help of domestic and international forces
0: wait so how many generations were mm. like puppets?
1: I don't know how many generations but it was over a hundred years
0: okay so yeah. we can kind of
1: yes. estimate uh, but anyway by, by 1951 they got their power back and they were ruling the country again. And that's all you need to know for the history okay. bit from the royal family. Just important to remember that the Shah family is the monarchy and then for over 100 years this other family the Rana family effectively ruled the country. I know that we're not a and history they...
0: podcast but I really just mm-hmm. want you to continue talking about this and like giving me uh. a Nepalese <laughs> um like history for I don't know how it's so cool but that's not what (laughs) we're here for it's super fascinating
1: no I mean I will still if you're interested go into some of the more yes I guess less true crime stuff but like kind of juicy drama-ish oh yes the tea I want the tea (laughs) yes okay well in that case I won't hold back um (laughs) but we'll get to that a bit later (laughs) so anyway the Rana family they were no longer the prime ministers but they still had a lot of political power and often you know still participate in politics yeah and so back to 2001 at this point you know the Shah dynasty is in its 10th generation with king virendra who was 55 years old and the queen so his wife interestingly also his second cousin was queen (laughs) yeah this is gonna happen quite a lot um (laughs) so queen aishwarya was 51 years old and that's the king and queen at that time, and they had three children. So the their eldest son, Crown Prince Dipendra, was 29 years old. The next child was Princess Shruti, who was 24, and she was already married and had two daughters.
0: Wait, how old next, was she?
1: Uh, 24. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll get into it later, but uh, there was another family member who wasn't that, old when they got married and had children, but anyway, it's it's actually not relevant to this story, but because you had that reaction, Mm. I will mention it later. But uh, yeah, finally, their third child, uh, Prince Nirajan, I think is how you pronounce his name, was 22 years old. So the king and queen had two sons and one daughter.
0: Cool. Good for them. I bet they were very happy with a firstborn son. But also...
1: Well... I don't know. I'm sure they were happy (laughs) at his birth. But uh, we'll get to Uh, some of the other problems later. Oh, okay. But, yes. So, King Birendra, he also had five younger siblings, two brothers and three sisters. Wait. Mm. He... This was the the king.
0: Oh, okay. The king king had a lot of siblings.
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, Okay. So that's kind of the situation of how the family looks right now. Right. And at this point in 2001, King Birendra and the Crown Prince Dipendra were both very much loved by the people. And Birendra, he actually, from what I know, he was quite a good king. So he studied at Eton when he was 14 to Ooh, 19 years old. That's fancy. Yeah and then when he returned to nepal he also traveled to remote parts of the country on foot and kind of lived with the people to kind of see you know what their lives was like okay
0: that's and that's uh, commendable on, mm-hmm. that's cuz i don't think a lot of sort of rulers do that see like what's actually mm-hmm. going on with their people what are they really living like
1: that's cool yeah like i don't think they they expected to have to do it, but he actually went out of his way to do it. And uh, so after that, he also went to Tokyo to study for oh. a year, I think, and also to Harvard. So he was very well-traveled, went to many countries in the world, before he became king at the age of 30. Wow. Yeah, so that's King Birendra. And uh, his son, Dipendra, I don't know if you can remember the names, yeah. but... If you get confused, just let me know. No, so far so, it's okay. Okay, and so actually Dipendra, the crown prince, he had a nickname that people called him, uh, which was Dippy. <laughs> and I don't didn't know if I should refer to him as Dippy, because it's a bit, it's not that serious. Yeah. But if you feel like it helps you remember the names, I will change. But if not, I'll stick with Dipendra.
0: You can stick with it, because the way I'm sort of... Um, mm.
1: is,
0: noting the difference is that the crown princess name sounds like the word like depending yeah so yeah. yes it's fine okay cool. but maybe we can draw a map
1: maybe I, I would suggest you draw a map because there are more family members
0: okay <laughs> wait then up. i need paper <laughs> okay. pause i need something to write okay
1: So, there's pre... Okay, the king and his and queen. King B- Birendra. Birendra and... Pri- yes. Pri- uh And then the queen is Aishwarya. Oh, Aishwarya. Yes. Aishwarya. Then there's... Um, there are three children. Uh, Deep- the crown prince, Dipendra. Then Sh- shutri? shutri? Yeah, Shru- Shruti. 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 yeah. And? Uh, Nirajan. Nirajan. Yes. And that's the core mm-hmm. main family. Um, yes, back to... Okay, so Dipendra, he also went to Eton when he was younger. Mm-hmm. So he also had, you know, Western influences in his life. And when he came back, he received military training with the army and he had a master's in geography and he was doing his PhD as well in 2001. And this was quite... uh, So the people in Nepal, they were very proud of their crown prince because at that time, around half the population was illiterate. So they were super proud of his education, basically. And they were... I read a YouTube comment saying that you know, they were boasting about how he would be the first king to have a PhD. And, yeah, that's he, cute. was popular. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was also very into sports. When he was at Eton, he had a black belt in karate. He was actually the captain of the karate team. And allegedly, he never lost a match. But, yeah. yeah. But he was b- very good, basically. And another thing, he really liked Guns. And Mm -hmm. received his first gun when he was eight years old. And this wasn't, like, too weird because his dad also liked guns. Um, So, for example, whenever the military, they had a new gun, then the king and the prince, they would try it out themselves and they had their own collections. But I think uh, Dipendra, he liked guns a lot more than his dad did. So he even had his own collection in his room. That's not a good... Uh, Yeah.
0: I'm just gonna say. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the first red flag. Uh, but yeah, despite being apparently you know, well loved by most of the people at this point, there was a lot of tension surrounding the monarchy. So, a little history again back in 1990, so this was just a decade before whatever's gonna happen, the massacre, as you already know, uh, there was a revolution that changed nepal from an absolute monarchy to a constitutional monarchy mm-hmm. so yeah before that you know the monarchy had all the control and then it was basically a democratic uh, revolution and as far as i'm aware because king birendra he spent so much of his years his formative years in england and also studying in japan where they both had pretty much constitutional monarchies he w- his values really lined up with having you know the monarchy having less power being more of a symbol for the country mm-hmm. so he was actually quite liberal in that sense, and that's why he gave up his power so easily like I think a lot of the other members of the elite class or of the monarchy the royal family they wanted they were fighting for their power a bit more, but King Burenda he basically gave it up relatively easily he didn't want his uh, people to get, like, in Nepalese, people to get killed. Um, so, so yeah, and I think that's why his popularity grew as well, because the people really felt like he did care about them. And, yeah, anyway, so 1990, that's when uh, Nepal changed into a constitutional monarchy. So when this happened, Dipendra, he was in the UK. And in the documentary, so his the person who was tutoring him uh, housemaster Tom Holden, and uh, this person he also tutored Birendra. So, when the king was younger and then Eton, oh. he knew him as well. So, that's why they found him again for Dipendra. And he talks about how, when Dipendra received news of these riots happening in 1990 from his mother, uh, she asked him to basically hinted at him, or I'm not sure to what ex- extent she was really saying that, but she was pretty much saying you should come back to Nepal, talk some sense into your father, because she felt like he was giving away too much power.
0: Okay, so not everybody was aligned in thinking like Birendra. Birendra,
1: sorry. I can't, I
0: can't really roll my R. (laughs) Uh,
1: But anyway, so apparently, according to Tom Holden, Dipendra was appalled by what the queen suggested because he had great respect and love for his father and he said that if she suggests anything like this again he will cut ties with her. Wow okay that's extreme. Yes so that's one side of the story however I also had other sources articles saying that when uh, Dependra heard of this news he was furious that his father was giving away this power that he was supposed to have when he became king so completely opposite stories.
0: Uh, that's that makes it so difficult because I know you can't really get a feel for his character
1: exactly. So that's the problem with this case, as you'll notice, you know, until the end, is that you have conflicting testimony and you don't know who is telling the truth, who is lying, lying, or maybe both of it happened. He pretended like it was like this, but actually he felt like that. Oh. So we have no idea what the truth is. That could that be interesting as well. Very frustrating. Yeah. So. Yeah, according to at least um, Tom Holden, who showed his face in the documentary, uh, Dependra was appalled by his mother's suggestions and respected and loved his father. So, yeah, that's what we have about his reaction to the revolution. Uh, But like we talked about, not everyone was happy with the monarchy going to a constitutional uh, monarchy. But on the other side of the spectrum there were those who wanted to see the monarchy completely gone. And they were also unsatisfied with the constitutional monarchy. And that led to the rise of Maoists within the Communist Party. Maoists? Oh, okay. As in our Mao. (laughs) Okay. Yes. But as far as I'm aware, according to Wikipedia, um, these Maoists, they were not actually backed by the Chinese government. Mm. I think the Chinese government at this time was actually more supporting king birendra so these were just this was within nepal and i think in india as well where there was a section of the communist party that basically uh was not happy with what happened and they wanted to completely overthrow the monarchy and establish a people's republic and this led to uh, a declaration by the maoists of a civil war in 1996 96. and this was really violent uh they It lasted for 10 years, all the way until 2006. And over 17,000 people died because of this. Damn. Yeah, so this is kind of the background of what was happening politically in 2001. So we were still... Nepal was in this civil war as everything happened.
0: And then there's the family drama
1: in addition to that. Exactly. So politically, it was not that stable. A lot of unrest. And I'll get back into the family drama now <laughs> yeah <laughs> which has to do with dipendra's marriage oh okay so as, if you remember uh, dipendra is 29 years old at this point and everyone his family and the country wanted to see him married Mm-hmm. yes and uh, if you remember um king virendra became king when he was 30 so at a similar age and i think um people also got, you know, married earlier then and especially in Asian countries or back in what was this? Oh two thousand, but still I think he was getting old in their perspective. Well and yeah, they I were mean worried. It's, why is he not getting married? Yeah. The
0: thing is like when it's the monarchy, um there's mm. that sort of okay, we need that sort of reassurance that yeah. the family's gonna continue like from Within the family, but also without the family, like um, the mm. the people, they want to know, like, okay, there's gonna be security that dependence. Yeah. Okay, it's gonna continue. There's not gonna be this like upheaval where somebody's gonna try for power because there's no like rightful heir, that sort of mm. thing.
1: Exactly, and also who he marries uh, affects the country as well, right? Yes. It, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So a lot of people were getting anxious about this and just to give you a sort of um, background of his love life. So the first thing we know, or his first love, as far as we know, was a distant relative called Mm -hmm. Shah, And she was the granddaughter of... uh, Okay, I'm going to have to get into who this person is as well. But she's basically a distant relative. Her grandma is Tipendra's grandma's sister. So their grandparents were siblings. So grandmothers, wait, say that again. <laughs> so his grandma and her grandma were siblings. So her uh, his great aunt's... Grandchild.
0: <laughs> grandchild. So yes. what is that like?
1: Um, I have no idea with these first cousins, that's... second cousins removed.
0: What is that? It's so
1: confusing.
0: One, two, is that like... I think that might be second cousin.
1: Maybe, yeah. But... Don't ask. <laughs> but anyway, It's so confusing. Yeah, so he uh, fell in love with her. And I'm just going to give you some of the tea then now that I promised you earlier. Yay! Because I think that's the last chance or the best point to say it. So it's a bit off topic. So the queen mother, Dipendra's grandmother, is not mm-hmm. actually his biological grandmother okay so let's go back a few years uh so virendra that's the king right yes his parents yes the, the old king yes and his mother so his mother actually wait let me get her name okay so the queen mother her name is ratna and this is the person who is in the story and who we're talking about uh but she's actually biologically the king's aunt which is very confusing Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'll I'll start from the beginning. So King Birendra. Yes. We know who that is, right? Yes. So his mother died in childbirth. Okay. Or child died after giving birth to his uh to her sixth child. Okay. Her name was Indra, and she's the first queen to the to the old king. Okay. And she married him when she was fourteen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, there we go. There it, there it is. She died at 24. So within those 10 years, she gave birth to six children. Whoa. Yes. That's a lot. That's a lot. And her, her first child is basically King Birendra, the current king. Okay. Yeah, so it's Dipendra's grandmother, actual mm-hmm. grandmother. So mm-hmm. after giving birth to her sixth child, she died due to the complications with that birth. And after that... I suppose the palace, whoever, you know, controls all these marriages, uh, married the old king to the queen's sister.
0: Okay. So Ratna Mm -hmm. is Indra's sister. Sister,
1: exactly. Okay. And this has nothing to do with... (laughs) I just thought it was super fascinating. (laughs) And maybe to avoid the succession problems that could follow, they actually sterilized Queen Ratna before the marriage. Holy shit! Yeah. So she had no children with the king. So she was pretty That's... much the stepmom of all of her sisters' children. Never had any children of her own.
0: That's so
1: disturbing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I get wow. why they did it, but but did she really consent? Ethically, to
0: it? ethically, morally, it's yeah,
1: ethically, it's insane. Oh no,
0: like yeah, did she consent? D- did she have mm. like a wish for children? Was yeah. this just completely out of her?
1: control exactly that's so that's that's the crazy bit um it's very extreme and it has nothing to do with the case but i just kind but of, it's cool <laughs> it, yeah cool in the way that it was something that happened not cool what they did but interesting to know about yes um and i think this does give you an idea of what marriage is within the nepalese royal family it's a mm-hmm. lot of you know uh deals i mean it kind of relates to what we talked about before just in general with marriages in asia where yeah it's kind of like an alliance going on and yeah 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 it's a it's, business deal in the family yeah it's for and power to and issues. for yeah yeah exactly so um back to 2001 what was going on again yeah so uh dipendra he had this girl he liked but so Queen mother, Ratna, his step-grandma, yeah. pretty much. She was happy with it because she thought, you know, keeping it in the family. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it. But the queen, so Dipendra's mother, Queen Aishwarya, she was not happy with uh, with Surpia And apparently said that Surpia was not competent to be queen. Does she... I don't think she gave, like, a really good reason as far as I am I know. Uh, but basically, this is like a little rift between the queen and the queen mother. Right. It doesn't matter what Dependa thought, of course. It's of course what not. mom and what grandma thinks. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, Dependa, he, when he went to Eton, when he went to study in the UK, he met another girl called Devyani Rana. Is she from Nepal? Uh, so she's half Nepalese. Devyani? Devi- Devyani. Devyani. Rana. Rana. And does this last name ring a bell? That's the
0: um, <laughs> they the the Shah family was puppets for this. Fam- that's the prime minister exactly. family, right? Yes, okay, yes. yay,
1: <laughs> good job, you paid attention. Uh, but anyway, the young couple fell in love and they really wanted to get married, but their families didn't agree because. So, some of the sources they said that the the reason why they didn't want Deviani as the queen was because she was a Rana from her father's side, which was the rival clan of the Shah dynasty. But this is where I was a bit confused because digging deeper into the family history of the royals, Queen Mother Radna, as well as her sister, of course, and Queen Aishwarya, they're both, or all three of them were from the Rana family. Seriously? Yeah. (laughs) So I was very confused. Like, So I don't think the reason that they didn't want Devyani as the future queen is because she was half Rana, because they were all part of that clan. But more likely, I think the reason was that on her mother's side, Devyani was actually related to well, Indian royalty. Or okay. Previously Indian royalty, because I think at this point they didn't... Uh, I didn't really read into it, but I don't think they were like royalty anymore. And they were seen as a lesser class than the Nepalese royalty, but I think it's that wasn't even like the main problem because allegedly at a point, Devyani, she was considered as a potential queen. Mm-hmm. And the queen mother, Ratnashi, actually uh, met up with Devyani's mother to kind of talk about the potential marriage. Mm-hmm. But Devyani's mother expressed concern that her daughter would have problems living as the Nepalese queen because she was used to a much more lavish and wealthy lifestyle. Oh, wow. So, insult. (laughs) Yeah. Insult,
0: insult. insult. Okay.
1: Exactly. So, that's the thing. So, even though they were, I think, according to the class system, slightly lower class, but they were so much more wealthier because the uh, Nepalese royalty, they were not that wealthy compared to... um, Mm -hmm. I suppose maybe other royalty or actual, you know, business people who made a lot of money. And I think that might have also been one of the reasons they were popular is because King Birendra, he didn't succumb to, like, financial sort of incentives. mm mm-hmm. And he uh, really protect, tried to protect the country. So even though he could have made a lot of money as the monarch, he tried to keep his people safe and not opening up a lot of international trade. But yeah. You know, this is like all I'm just quoting stuff. I sort of vaguely remember. So either way, they were not that rich, not as rich as the Devian, Deviani's family. So that kind of insulted the royal family. And then they were like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> we don't we don't agree. And yeah. this is okay. not going to happen. Uh, one source did say that Deviani's mother didn't know that they were dating. Deviani kept this as a secret from her mother. So when she kind of expressed these concerns, she didn't um. think it would really have an influence to her daughter. So it was kind of set, you know, offhand. Yeah, she and didn't know that. In- yeah. Yeah. She wasn't like trying to offend them or be rude, but she was just genuinely thought. oh, I'm not sure if she can, you know, live such a She didn't know life. that they
0: already like knew each other and like yeah, had or really were perhaps love. feelings for each other. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So, you know, it's, but it's, I don't know what the truth is. Who knows? People say yeah. different things. But either way, the family was against Dipendra and Devyani marrying. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so th- they were madly in love with with each other. So Devyani had many other people pursuing her throughout the years as well, mm-hmm. and eventually she asked him to make a decision about their future. Uh, and Dipendra he visit visited her. Ugh. Dipendra visited her with a bottle of poison. What? He said he cannot imagine a life without her, and would commit suicide if she married someone else. So Romeo and, Ju- Romeo and Juliet. Style. Yes, exactly. Many okay. people compare this, you know, what happened, to a Shakespearean tragedy, and yeah. it kind of, kind of is like one.
0: I can see it sort of unfolding mm-hmm. before my eyes.
1: Yes, <laughs> so we have this going on, and at the same time, there were rumors that Dipendra, like he was also giving an ultimatum from his family. Or he was, you know, it was hinted to him that if he chose to marry Devyani, then he would be disinherited and his younger brother would be the heir to the throne. So he had to choose. Do I want to be with Devyani or do I want to be king? Okay, so pressure from
0: all sides, not making for a good uh, mindset.
1: Exactly. Yes. So a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. And yeah, so I'm going to get into the events that happened then
0: and <laughs> after how long 45 after minutes <laughs> a long
1: time of backstory but do you have any questions before we move on
0: um i guess after deviani was sort of taken off the table was mm. the family or do you know if the family had sort of other options that they're
1: kind of pushing at the pendla yeah i think so queen mother radna i think she still kind of wanted him to be with uh surpia and queen aishwarya she probably had like a candidate she had a candidate as well i think so there were like three choices if you include Devyani, uh three candidates and they couldn't agree basically okay so Mm -hmm.
0: this isn't we're in 2001 with the like marriage pressure stuff
1: yes so all of this current the current state of affairs is current to june 2001 June 2001. Okay, cool. Go ahead. Okay. uh, On the morning of Friday, June 1st, 2001, the Nepali Times publishes an editorial titled Long Live the King, in response to the Maoist trying to ban the national anthem in schools. Oh. There was another article titled A Suitable Prince, and it hinted at the conflicts within the royal family about Dependra's marriage. Mm-hmm. So... All of the stuff we were talking about, it's very, very much going on and people were talking about it.
0: And yeah, and it's not sort of behind closed doors completely, like there's yeah. a, some knowledge with the public.
1: Yeah, there's some knowledge. I think people talked about it behind closed doors because it did mention that this article talking about the potential conflict within the family was very rare at that time. So yeah, okay. it wasn't like um, people, it wasn't very tabloidy and people always talked about the royal family. It was a rare article that talked about it.
0: Okay, Um. another question. So you said mm-hmm. that the Maoist party was trying to um, ban the national anthem in schools, right? Yes. So they're one of the leading political parties at this point.
1: Uh, I don't think the Maoists, they were leading. The Communist Party was a leading party, I okay. think. Okay. But these Maoists, I think they were more... Um, within the rural areas of Nepal and just somewhere activating for it I think and just as a response to them trying to do this um, long live the king and it's just kind of ironic what happens on that day okay
0: and this is what day in June again sorry Friday June 1st June 1st okay
1: June 1st yes
0: cool okay I'm sorry continue
1: okay so (laughs) on the same evening Uh, Nepal's royal family was having its regular family gathering at the palace in Kathmandu. And this was a regular gathering. So every first and third Fridays of each month, they would try to get together and just have a little party. Mm -hmm. And I think this particular party was held in a part of the palace that was either where Dipendra kind of lived or close to it. But I think it was pretty much his His area of the palace, (laughs) his wing. Yeah. Um, I'm not that sure, though. But um, so who attended? Pretty much everyone important in the royal family was there. Mm -hmm. Everyone except for one of the king's brothers. Mm -hmm. This person you can write down in your little chart. Okay. So the king was the oldest and he was the second in line after the king. Mm. His name was Yanendra, so G-Y-A. G-Y-A. And he was in a different city and he couldn't make it. Okay. Mm. But Gyanendra, his family was there, so I think his wife, his son, and a daughter as well. Oh, no. Yeah, so and his son, uh, this person you can write down as well, his name was Paris. P A R A S. Paris? Like E S? Oh, A S. Paris. Paris. Okay, and that's Gyanendra's son. Yes, so Gyanera himself wasn't there, but all of his family was there. Okay. And everyone else. So the king's complete family, his three children, uh, his other siblings were all there. And I'm going to tell you what officially happened. So, 7.30 p.m. Dipendra arrives at the meeting place of the family gathering, and he plays billiards by himself while drinking one or two glasses of whiskey. I'm sorry, how do you play billiards by yourself? try to get the ball in the hole
0: (laughs) that's no fun though there's he's just killing time until everyone gets gets there
1: no sorry it just stood out (laughs) to me yeah uh so the first person to arrive was maheshwar singh his great uncle and he remarks in an interview afterwards like in a documentary that dependra he was in an excellent mood he was pleasant he was nice there was no sign that he was drunk He's just perfectly alright. And Dipendra he took Maheshwar to the bar, made him a drink, and continues to greet and socialize the other guests who start coming in. Uh half an hour later at 8 p.m., Dipendra he goes to pick up the Queen Mother by car and returns to the billiards room. At eight uh, twelve pm. There was a one minute call, one minute fourteen second call recorded between Dipendra and Devyani. Okay. We don't know what they talk about here, but at 8:19, Dipendra, he makes another call to a palace aide to get him some of his special cigarettes. Mhm. So, this cigarette uh was a mixture of hashish and an unnamed black substance. Uh-huh. Is there
0: do you have a guess or is there a rumor or anything Mm, about what that is
1: no unfortunately we have no idea what this unnamed black substance is but you know hashish is just i think concentrated cannabis so so pretty much weed
0: yeah but depending on what the other component is like it could be a super hard drug or like shrooms and really make (laughs) you go off the rails
1: yes unfortunately i can't tell you what that could have been um, so the aide, he gives these cigarettes to, to Paras, so the son of Gyanendra and Dipendra's cousin, to pass on to Dipendra. Okay. And I assume, or I think pretty much Dipendra, he, take, uh, he starts smoking the cigarettes, and after some time, those attending the party, they notice how Dipendra is swaying, and he's unable to hold himself upright. Mm-hmm. Which was very weird, because he was known to be able to hold his liquor... And he didn't even drink that much. But anyway, because he was behaving like that, four people, including his younger brother, Prince Nirajan, and Prince Paras, bring Dipendra to his room. Okay. Sensible. Cool. Sensible. Yes. So, not much time passes. Uh, At 8.25, palace aides, they receive a call from Devyani. Uh, She says that she spoke with Dipendra and was worried about his state because he was slurring his speech And she just asked them to go check on him.
0: Is there um, evidence of the second call?
1: Uh, Like
0: between Deviani and Dipendra? Yeah, I think there is. Okay, so. They have records, I think. This, like, probably happened. It isn't, like, a ploy.
1: I mean, unless they lied about the records, of course. Yeah. Which we don't know. (laughs) So, this is all. This is the story. So, who knows whether it's true? This is the story. The official story is that this happened. Uh, Yes. So the aides check on him. I think there were two aides. And they find him as he's kind of having difficulty taking off his shirt. So they help him with that. And then he goes to the bathroom and they hear him throw up. Mm-hmm. So when Dipendra comes back out, he tells the aides, I'm okay, go back to your rooms and just go to sleep. Now back to the party area. At 8.30 p.m., King Birendra, he, uh, he finishes up with his work and he arrives at the party. He greets the guests in the billiard room. Nine minutes later, at eight thirty nine, a thirty-two second call, a uh, thirty-two seconds call is recorded between Dipendra and Devyani again. So a third call, likely a third call. Yes, uh, he apparently says to her, "I am now about to sleep. Good night. We'll talk tomorrow."
0: Hmm. But this one, it it's not said like, "Oh, it's super slurred or something."
1: No, it's not said like that. But it's only thirty seconds, so he could have also sounded a bit slurry. We don't know. But apparently he is tired, set tells her he wants to go to sleep now and hangs up. Okay. Now, according to the official story, instead of getting into his pajamas or, you know, going to bed, he puts on a complete set of camouflage army clothes. <laughs> okay. Black stockings, military boots, leather gloves, and a camo vest.
0: Right. And then Gray he arms himself.
1: Yes. Uh, he arms himself with guns in both hands. Apparently, one of those guns was a 9mm MP5K automatic submachine gun.
0: Okay. Whatever that means. Automatic is important because yeah. it just means, yeah. And machine gun, it just means a lot of yes. rounds, which is scary to think about. Yeah.
1: Yes. And he had that in his room, apparently. So Great. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he marches out of his room with those guns. He is seen by an aide who asks, allegedly, shall the emergency bag be brought, sire? To which Dependra replies, it's not necessary now. Emergency bag. Yeah, I've, I don't know what okay. that's supposed to mean. Interesting. But that was part of the, uh, the report. And like that, Dependra enters the billiard room. Now I'm going to give you a quote uh, by Ketaki Chester. Kitaki was a cousin of King Birendra's, Mm -hmm. and she was talking with her sister, Princess Jayanti, as Dipendra walks into the room and past them. So she says, and I quote, Usually the crown prince would look around and acknowledge those present. This time I remember his eyes. They were very focused, as if he was concentrating hard on something. I whispered to my sister, Isn't he too old to be showing off those guns? Even King Birendra thought his son had come to show his weapons. But Dipendra let off a burst from the gun in his right hand. The bullets hit his father, wounding him. He said, Kegareko, which kind of translates to what are you doing or what have you done, before he slumped to the ground. Dipendra couldn't hold down the recoil because he had another firearm in his left hand, so the other bullets hit the ceiling. End quote. Okay, so
0: first question. So mm. obviously, you have a quote from her, so she survives.
1: She survives, yes.
0: Okay, second point. Why, if all people shoot his father, when it seems like it's everybody else that's like, no, it's just, whatever, just continue. I'm just, <laughs>
1: oh, I could question questions. everything. Keep them. Yeah, so this, I think, you know, we're gonna have a long episode because there's so much to discuss, theories-wise, but, uh, yeah, so we might have to cut out some of our intro I
0: I was also just thinking you keep, because you keep saying, mm -hmm. like, the official story is, which which means I'm
1: hoping that you'll
0: have some unofficial story
1: Yes, I will, and, yeah, there's a lot to talk about (laughs) Yay, okay Uh, okay, where were we? Um, yeah, so Witnesses say that at this point he drops his gun and he leaves the room. But the report actually says that he leaves the room first and drops the gun outside. So it's a bit unclear what exactly uh-huh. happens next. And everyone was around the king now trying to stop the bleeding. And at first they all thought that the gun must have gone off by accident or something. So uh, yeah, because they just couldn't imagine him shooting his father. So they were all shocked. When Dipendra, he re-enters the room with another gun, shooting at the king.
0: Even though he still had the other one in his hands?
1: Yes, so apparently he shoots at his father, wounding him, goes out, and goes back in again with another gun. So there's three guns now. Two in his hands and one There's a dropped. bunch of guns, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what the heck, okay. You know, there's a bunch of guns, yes, and I'm not really sure how many there are in total, so we're just going to have to use our imagination there. But um, anyway, he enters into the room with another gun, shooting at his father, the king. And at this point, his uncle, who is present, Direndra, tries to stop him. And he says, you've done enough. Uh, so and we have another eyewitness testimony, somebody who survived. And that's Dipendra's brother-in-law, the husband of Princess Shruti. Mm-hmm. His name was Kumar Gorak. And we're just going to call him Kumar. And he was at the scene at this point, And he says that Dipendra shot his uncle point blank. And his uncle literally flew a couple of feet backwards.
0: Jesus.
1: Hmm. So according to Kitaki, uh the king's cousin who survived, uh, Direndra was Dipendra's favorite uncle. And she thinks. So she thinks, this is just what she thinks, right? That the realization that, I quote, he had just killed his favorite uncle, brought out the bloodlust in him. Now, Ooh. I'm not sure how killing your favorite uncle brings out bloodlust. Yeah. But that's just what she thought. So, this was something I just felt was weird. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's what she thought, and she was there. So, anyway, mm. let's keep going. So, I'm trying to tell you the official accounts, but I can't help but tell you some of the contradictory things that people say yeah. as well. But, anyway, so the next step we have some different accounts again so uh, Kitaki the cousin she continues in her statement that uh, after shooting her uncle, uh, shooting his uncle Dependa left the room again and returned for a third time and this time as he's entering the room he shoots indiscriminately what the hell yeah and so at this point she also says that Prince Paras mm-hmm. the second oldest son
0: no <laughs> so the king's uh second basically so i i basically know it's hard to explain so yes. the king's uh nephew yes exactly.
1: and, the, so, and the uncle isn't present but the nephew is yes. Exactly. okay got it yeah uh so prince paras he apparently ushered like his younger family members like cousins his relatives behind a sofa when he sees Uh, Dependra returning and shooting indiscriminately and this eventually led them to survive and yeah according to Kataki's statement and this Mm. was so this was what Kataki said right the cousin of the king and Kumar he was there as well but he said something different okay
0: Kumar was
1: Shruti's husband husband. yeah so Dependra's brother-in-law was Shruti there as well? Shruti was there as well yes everybody okay. was there except for that one uncle okay. uh, but anyway so he says it was as if he knew who he was shooting at it was so focused and just going like boom boom so Kumar first thought that Deependra he was targeting the older generation of the family who were opposed to his marriage with Devyani so that's what he thought so he had the impression that Dipendra came in and had a, like a list of people he wanted to kill he felt like right. it was targeted at first which was different from what um, Kataki said about him coming in after killing his uncle and shooting indiscriminately.
0: So that's what I thought was a little bit weird. I guess it's maybe just like trying to rationalize, like this is the only thing that would Mm -hmm. make sense for me in Mm -hmm. this moment is this is the situation as I know it, so this would make sense.
1: Yeah. Instead of like really
0: taking in the details.
1: Yes, and to be fair, like... All the survivors here they went through something so traumatic yeah and like obviously. multiple members of their families killed and they were all wounded themselves as well so yeah like it's hard to say you know are they trying to make things up I, like i don't think they are but they could remember things wrong or yeah we don't know trying so, to
0: rationalize maybe.
1: exactly so at this point uh kumar and dipendra's eyes meet and Kumar, he thinks for a second that maybe Dependra is hesitating to kill him. But the next moment, he was shot.
0: Damn, okay, there goes his reasoning. Yeah,
1: (laughs) there goes his theory that he's just targeting the older generation. But um, apparently, like, his wife, Dependra's sister, Shruti, rushes to her husband, Dependra then aimed at his sister and shot her. Ah, shit, how... Specifically (gasps) aimed at his sister. So I think that's quite telling as well or an important thing to remember disturbing too yes so then uh kumar just remembers him shooting around killing people like a madman now the official report so we just had two witnesses saying that what happened next (laughs) the official report kind of just said that uh dipendra after killing like um two of his uncles so he killed his favorite uncle then another uncle as well as well and he wounded kumar then he turned around to, kind of go back to the door, and then he turned around again, and that's when he fired indiscriminately. That's what when he indiscriminately shot his sister, and like other people. So, other uh, so his aunt and his other great cousin. So Kitaki's sister was killed at this point as well. So that's
0: so weird because it like it doesn't seem like from what the witnesses are saying, like, Mm -hmm. from the quotes you're giving and from the official story, like, it's not like the differences would make a huge difference in, like, what happens. It just makes it confusing. Like, why would you not just, like, stick with, like, why would you not base the report on what the witnesses are saying? Because it's not Mm -hmm. like one is saying, oh, yeah, he killed them. And then the, like official report saying no he didn't, it was an accident.
1: Yeah, like, they all say the- that he killed what? these people in the end. It's just the order of how it happened, what happened exactly. And of course, you know, the witnesses they like we said, are in shock and they might remember things wrong. So yeah, it's and maybe when they made the report they had witnesses tell them different things. So they had to just choose with one story. Maybe the majority said this. Mm, so we'll yeah, go with this. Maybe. So it's that's that's what makes this case kind of suspicious or difficult because you have enough witnesses but if they say different things then what are you going to tell the people right so it's it's difficult but anyway uh kumar he remembers that the king was still alive at this point and he was trying to lift his hand in like a stop sort of motion Mm -hmm. when Dependra he put more bullets into his father's body
0: damn okay yes
1: and uh kataki remembers that after dipendra killed his father he actually kicked his body as well oh
0: okay that seems personal and carrying a grudge
1: yeah and i'm not sure exactly if it was like actually you know forcefully kicking or sort of just nudging it to see if he's still alive
0: wait official report or unofficial
1: unofficial this is kataki's witness statement so she saw okay that. okay okay. Yeah. okay anyway so it is at this point pretty much when the palace security realizes something's going on oh finally <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so they heard gunshots at first I think but because they all had guns like the royalty uh, you know Dependra Birenda had guns and uh, yeah. Dependra is also known to, he's like a good shot so he's known to practice with his guns as well so at first they had like reason to believe it was just, you know, shooting for fun or whatever. But then they do notice something weird is going on and this is also one of the points where people say, like, why wasn't there anybody on the scene? Why was there no security? But then others say it was like a private family gathering. Like, It was they all were very in intimate. The palace, close members right? Within the palace, yes, in this private room. So, you know, they had their privacy. So and finally, again, Different stories. (laughs) So the official report, right? I'll give you the official story first. Yes. So, and apparently, like, a witness said this uh, as they were speaking to the New York Times, but I couldn't find this article. Uh, At this point, Queen Aishwarya and Prince Nirajan, they Mm -hmm. escaped the billiard room and they ran towards the garden. Mm -hmm. And that's when um, Dipendra, he chases after them. And Mm -hmm. we don't know exactly what happens here. But later on, Nirajan, Nirajan's body is found near the garden. Aishwarya's body found, found uh, on the staircase that leads to mm-hmm. Dipendra's room. Okay, so they split up. They split up. Yeah, they, they were found in different places. Uh, and then Dipendra, he, according to the report, shoots himself by a pond close to his room with a 9mm Glock pistol uh, that's thought to belong to him, so his own pistol. And this pistol was later found inside the pond. So this is the official report of what happened after he left the billiards room.
0: Okay. Okay. Interesting. So, Mm -hmm. one, Mm -hmm. why did nobody else try to leave the room the entire time he was shooting? Or did anybody else leave the room?
1: Maybe they did. Oh, actually, I think uh, there was a doctor in there, and he kind of escaped from a window or something, but they only really mentioned the queen and the other prince because they were the only victims after he left the room yeah f- and plus found like outside of the found, yeah room, found I'm outside guessing. and actual like important members of the royal family so there might have been others who left the room but they were not chased after or killed so yeah right. that's the official report
0: sorry one more thing go ahead so he shot himself with this nine millimeter clock or whatever it was yes. you said yes and it
1: was found in the pond Mm -hmm. Even though he shot himself. So I think he was standing, officially, standing on a bridge. Okay. That was, you know, above, over the pond. Okay. Shot himself, and... So it could have, like, been,
0: like, dropped from his hand and into the water. Yes, yes. Okay. Because if he was just, like... (laughs) cuz if he was like next to it and then the gun was in the water i would've been like that's suspicious and speaks mm-hmm. of somebody else's involvement
1: but okay yeah that there's going to be there. a few more points of suspicions but i'll let you like uh know what o- other witnesses said
0: yes please. first
1: yes. Yeah. so according to uh Ketaki,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he dependra he didn't chase after his uh, mother or his brother he walked around the room and checking the bodies that he shot at, and that's when he kind of, you know, I think, kicked the king's body. And at one point, he also headed to the part of the room where Prince Paras was hiding with the other cousins and the relatives. And according to the sources, Prince Paras was the person that Dipendra was closest to within his family. I think they were close in age and uh, hung out a lot or something. And he stepped out to stop Dipendra, and saying something along the lines of, so big Brother please don't shoot. And Dipendra didn't shoot.
0: But that's interesting. So like when they leave the room, like he's mm-hmm. not shooting indiscriminately anymore. It's like like you said like some like somebody said at the beginning. Yeah. It's like it's like he had a list of people. Yeah. that he wanted to like shoot. Yes. Cuz it seems like there's so many other people in this room mm-hmm. and he's not shooting them now that like his mother and his brother left the room, and now that he like hit mm. like his uncle, so, his brother-in-law, and his dad, and maybe like a couple other people.
1: Yeah, so according to Kitaki, uh, his, so the queen and the prince didn't run away yet. Oh, they, they hadn't didn't run away, away yet? They're still in this okay. room, yes. Okay. So he actually goes to the other part of the room where Prince Paras was with the other people, and he says, please don't shoot, and he didn't shoot. And instead, he heads back to his own room. Or he goes again. in the direction of his own room.
0: So he left the billiard room again.
1: Yes. And this is the final time he leaves the room. Okay. And according to Kitaki, the queen and the prince apparently run after him and not the other oh, way around. okay. So they're kind of trying to, according to her, go to him and, you know, figure out what's going on or something like that. Yeah. Even though he just freaking killed everyone. But um, they apparently run after him and... I'm going to quote her again. Dipendra must have seen them both from the top of the stairs to his room, but in the darkness mistaken Nirajan for an aide, and let off a burst, killing his brother. And then someone who was within earshot claims that the queen screamed, you killed your father, you killed your brother, kill me too. And that's when Dipendra shoots the queen, and then himself ending the massacre.
0: Okay, because you said that, the queen was found on the stairs or by the stairs Mm -hmm. so it would make sense in that case like she tried to like follow him to i don't know find out what the heck is going on yeah and he yeah maybe like mistook her or something like some confrontation whatever and he shot her but didn't you Mm -hmm. say that the brother was found somewhere else
1: yeah he was found outside in the garden according to the official report so (laughs) that's the thing we don't know what's true what's not true so you have he was found? yeah but that doesn't like
0: like again it doesn't make sense that the stories would differ here because like what difference does it make if he was found in the garden or uh by the stairs like he's Hmm. dead either way like what the hell i don't understand that's why yeah this case is
1: really crazy but anyway you said
0: convoluted at the beginning and you're so right
1: but yeah so that's when it ends and at this point you know the the security they're like on the scene and they're transporting people to the hospitals so the king the queen and prince nirajan they were all pronounced dead upon arrival at the hospital at like 9 mm-hmm. 15 and according to uh ketaki princess shruti was apparently still alive but she says that princess shruti bled to death in the hospital because the doctors didn't undress her to find out where she was bleeding from oh. which is also okay. very strange because it's two thousand one, I don't, I don't know. It's, did they not want to undress her because they, they're doctors? I well, don't get it. So it sounds like, they let her die basically.
0: Yeah, which is against the Hippocratic oath.
1: But, yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> could, sure. I can kind of see that. Like, oh, this is a member of the royal family. This is a female member of the royal family. Like, we can't. Um, Except that that's um, dumb.
1: Except that Yanendra, the uncle who wasn't there, his wife was also severely injured, seriously injured, and she had to undergo a bunch of surgeries as well. But she survived. They obviously checked her body and saved her. I wish people could see my facial expression because
0: (laughs) my brows are furrowed. I just... Eyes are squinted.
1: I don't get any of this. yeah. That's why I wanted to do this story quickly because yeah, I, it's all I just, just have to unload all of this information. So many facts, yeah. Um, but anyway, Dipendra he was in a coma after he washed the hospital, but he was brain dead, so he wasn't completely dead yet, and he lied in a coma as people were trying to figure out what next. So, a helicopter was sent to fetch Prince Gyanendra because at this mm-hmm. point we know, or the people who were kind of running things they knew okay king birendra is dead next Mm -hmm. in line is dipendra he is in a coma brain dead next in line is his younger brother uh prince nirajan who is also dead Mm -hmm. so that means the next person in line would be the king's younger brother Mm -hmm. Mm yanendra and so they tried to get him of course they also have to tell him you know your whole family is (laughs) yeah your wife is oh yeah by the way yeah (laughs) You're king uh, now. It's like, how did
0: that happen? Oh, yeah, everybody's so, <laughs> dead.
1: At this point, he's not king Whoops. yet, but he is declared regent because Pendra right. can't, you know, rule in a coma or anything. But... Right.
0: <laughs> but also the person next in, like, officially next in line is the one that, like, killed
1: everybody. But... Exactly. So it's a very weird situation they found themselves in, to put it very slightly. But actually, the helicopter had to turn back. Because there was bad weather, so then they sent an army like on foot to get him instead, <laughs> yeah, I don't know either way, he was approached by the military coming in, and he his first reaction was he, he thought there was a military coup, and he was being detained, oh. so there's like people saying that when they went in to get him, he was like scared, oh uh, yeah, and, duh. yeah, like
0: if if just a bunch of like soldiers are coming up to you mm-hmm. without like you knowing anything up till
1: that point. Yeah, that's terrifying. It is terrifying. But this is something that people would start bringing up um, because one of the main theories is that Yanendra was behind all of this uh, because oh. he he's the one next in line, right? Everybody else got killed. So anyway, we'll get to the theories of it later, but th- just remember mm-hmm. that this thing that, where he was scared because the military came to get him uh, was something that people like start putting or holding against him. And now you're going to... This is also, yeah, like, I can see both sides. Until mm-hmm. so the next day, mm-hmm. hours after the massacre, a funeral procession was held and the victims' bodies were all cremated. No autopsy was ever done. Uh, how many victims were there overall? Eventually, there were nine people who were killed. Yeah, so literally the next day, they held a funeral procession, cremated the bodies, and while in a coma, Dipendra was declared king. Oh, great. Yes. For three days, he was king until he died on June 4th, and Gyanendra became king. Okay. So this is another thing that some people say, oh, why did they do that? But I can kind of see why they did it. So while it depended on he was in a coma, people, of course, wanted to know what happened. How did our king die? How did everybody, you know,
0: die? Yeah, obviously.
1: The official palace statement at this point was that there was an accidental discharge of an automatic weapon. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was obviously, you know, people were like, no way that this happened. But that was, many people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So but then they didn't really know what to say according to like the palace afterwards, because in case Dipendra woke up from his coma, he's going to be king and he can't be charged with murder. Right. Okay. Right. So that's why they had to just say that until they knew is he gonna survive or not? And once he died, they say, okay, he actually did it.
0: Okay, yeah, makes sense. So,
1: yeah, I can see why they said that, but that's one of the reasons some people say that they they kept changing their statements, but, but yeah, this one, I can I can see why.
0: Yeah, no, so, that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. So and, like, of, if they said it... Yeah.
0: Sorry. <laughs> if they said it right from the beginning, oh, yeah, it was, like, Dipendra, it, it would yeah. have been kind of, like, sowing dissent against the person who technically would be king. That would lend exactly. more credence to the theory that, like... It would have been Gyanendra yes, um, who maybe like wanted all this to happen so he could be king. But since exactly. they actually did, like, did do that switch, like they waited, mm-hmm. it does make it look more like okay, this is actually what happened. This wasn't like planned mm-hmm. by yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I completely agree that if this was a whole plot and orchestrated, then they would have immediately said yeah. It was dependent on how he killed everyone. I don't think he would even be in a coma. I think he would just be yeah. killed.
0: They would have made sure, like the like the story would have been like, yeah, then he killed himself. Exactly. But then yeah. there probably would have been like another like wound, like bullet wound, like a second bullet wound just to make sure, like, yeah, he's dead now.
1: Mm. Yeah, so that's why it's also convoluted. You have all these factors pointing to maybe this was a plot. But then yeah. other facts saying that. If it was a plot, then why did this happen? So it's it's very yeah. difficult. Uh, but anyway, a lot of riots and protests happened right after uh, the funeral and people, they were grieving. And eventually, they also got very angry and frustrated because they knew yeah. that they weren't getting the truth. And the government, they were very reluctant to give information. So they changed the official statements. They changed a few times and to calm the people down who were protesting. They also had a curfew going on. Mm, that's never good yeah, sorry but... but it isn't <laughs> yeah but um, eventually they after Dipendra died uh, they created a committee consisting of two people that they chose to do mm-hmm. a two weeks long investigation and for two weeks they interviewed a bunch of people who were there and concluded yes it was Dipendra but there was no reason giving a given for why he did this right Um, So, another weird thing. Just before you say what you want to say about this committee and this investigation. (laughs) So, apparently, Scotland Yard, they offered to help do, you know, forensics. Because this committee, the people, you know, leading the two people, they had no forensics background or anything. They were basically just, you know, interviewing people. So, the Scotland Yard said, here, we'll help out with the forensics bit," But the government refused. Mm -hmm. Um, And no autopsy was done on Dipendra. And yeah. soon after, like, they completely burned down the place where Dependra lived, so Dependra's apartment. And I'm not entirely sure if it com- included the whole building where all of this happened, but it was okay. burned down.
0: Plus, you said they didn't do autopsies on the victims, right? hmm Right. You know what that Scotland Yard thing reminds me of? What? Um, My case where, like, the... Um, like, the, the um, assassination of mm-hmm. uh, Daphne, where, like, yeah. a bunch of different, like, international agencies were like, we can help you with the investigation, and Walter mm-hmm. was just kind of like,
1: nah. <laughs> exactly, so that's why, you know, you can see why people were not buying the story. But yeah. at the same time, I can also understand that if they have witnesses, like, yes, you know, saying he did it, he was there, he shot us we saw it and there would be no question for them then they wouldn't see the point of an investigation because we have people who survive saying he did it and i was read that it's like hindu custom to get to cremate the body as soon as possible so mm-hmm. if to them there was no question of who did it and they didn't care like why he did it we know he did it there is no point in desecrating the bodies of the king the royal family because to them they also saw that they were they were kind of semi-god like uh, right entities yeah. the royal family yeah so so i can also see why they didn't want to do autopsies on them to right. respect their bodies and also to burn down where it happened because it was a horrible thing that happened to the people who would have to still live there right so,
0: yeah
1: so yeah it's there's that side as well but
0: plus what I'm thinking as well I mean I think that in most countries like I don't know if it's like part of like the law or if it's just standard procedure Mm. but generally when it's an unclear cause of death or definitely death caused um like like murder or something like Mm. it's standard to do autopsies right But in this case, like, I can understand, like, what you just said with, like, being the royal family and, like, being held to this, like, Mm. being put on this, like, higher ground. Mm -hmm. Plus, I mean, usually autopsies, like, they help in the case of, like, a trial, right? Mm -hmm. And in this case, the perpetrator is dead as well. So there's no, there's not going to be a trial, Ever so there's no um point to like gathering mm. this evidence because what would the evidence before you just have it but at yeah. the same time just do it just for the <laughs> formality <laughs> maybe that's the german in me with all the bureaucracy mm. but just
1: like check all your boxes i don't know yeah it's it kind of reminds me i mean we already have so much to talk about it i'm going off topic but, yeah uh, <laughs> Like, at least in Japan, there is this huge grave site in Osaka mm-hmm. of, like, emperors past. And if they allowed archae- archaeological teams to dig up this place, they would learn yeah. so much about Japan's history.
0: Yeah. But
1: because these are the graves of emperors from before, they say no. Like, they, like people aren't even allowed to go in. So it's kind of, I think, similar in the sense that it's still mm-hmm. so new because in Japan as well, the emperor is still here. Like, we, they still have this... Um, monarchy going on so yeah to them they don't want they feel like it's disrespectful or it's it's their family right (laughs) yeah so that's exactly so it's i can see why they would not want to do autopsies as well so it's at this point i think it's yeah it can go both ways anyway let's keep going
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah else we'll never be done
1: (laughs) yes so just to give you a quick rundown of what happens afterwards um so Gyanendra he becomes king. He's very mm-hmm. unpopular with the people. Even before this massacre, he was not popular. Interesting. His son, Paras, who in the official reports or according to uh Kitaki as well, saved people like he was very brave and told dependent in his face, please don't shoot, brother. Uh he was also hated by the people. Absolutely really? Yes.
0: Because of like this thing or before that?
1: Before. Oh, and this is quite okay. interesting as well. So Prince Paras, he is notorious for being um, a playboy, which is fine, do what you want.
0: But also yeah,
1: for killing people what? in hidden runs what and drunk driving. okay. Yes. That's different. <laughs> that's very different. <laughs> that's, um, yeah, no, that's not okay. Yeah. And he didn't, you know, suffer any consequences. And so I think one of the most notable... Hidden runs he had was he actually, allegedly, uh, was drunk driving and killed a famous singer, a folk singer, who was loved by oh. the people. And let me just get his name, because he deserves to be named. Yes. Um, this actually happened in 2000, so a year before the massacre, I believe. Uh, where he, I think it was the third time, maybe, that he ran over... A singer, a musician called so I'm not sure if he's a singer, but he was a musician called uh, Praveen Gurum.
0: Wait, the third time he had a hit and run, or the third time he hit a singer, like or or a
1: musician? A hit and run. (laughs) Okay. But according to this article from the Nepali Times, it was the third time he killed a commander. Jeez. So in 1997, he hit and killed a taxi driver. And a year before that, also, a similar incident happened in another place, so uh, yeah, none of just that's beating okay. people up <laughs> in another traffic accident that he had. And he also, in the same year, so this was also in 96, maybe, where he actually took out a pistol and, like, was threatening people and fired a few rounds in the air. So he has an extremely bad rep
0: um i mean i can see people not looking at him favorably especially with him now being like the crown prince basically and i mean yeah he did good deeds in like during the massacre but that doesn't make any of the other stuff okay especially it's still so present in people's memories because you Mm. said when when was the um The the thing with the musician was literally just the year before, right?
1: Yeah, 2000 was this article.
0: Yeah, so it's still super present in people's minds.
1: Exactly. And
0: then he becomes mm -hmm. crown prince. Yeah, no. Yeah.
1: So that's why people, they were super upset, obviously, that this person is going to be their next king. So there were a lot of journalists who published, you know, theories after the massacre that were not in line with the official statements and they were jailed. And... There was still a Maoist movement going on as well, as you know. Until two thousand six, they had the civil war, and Ganendra uh, he issued a state of emergency where he pretty much took away all of the democratic freedoms that the people had. Okay. And eventually, this led to the downfall of the monarchy because he took complete control in like two thousand two ish, and and
0: people didn't want that before that. Like that, that was what his brother had sort of like fought against like this absolute monarchy
1: exactly so he took that control again and eventually you know the democratic movement in 2006 led to the abolition of the monarchy in 2008 and nepal is no longer a constitutional monarchy
0: okay so the fact that people reporting other stories than the official report getting put in jail Hmm. gives credence to the like theory like oh maybe this was all planned I think yeah
1: (laughs) it's definitely not a good
0: sign yeah okay so it was abolished in 2008 but Hmm. they I mean obviously like these people are still alive then but just like not living with any power anymore in Nepal
1: yeah I mean so Ginnandra he still lives in Kathmandu I think Whereas Padas, he lives in Singapore. Oh, okay. And he got into trouble in different places after that as well, apparently. Well, anyway. it makes
0: sense with what you told me about his previous um, yeah. run ins with the law um, that he wouldn't just stop that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but Nepal is still, politically, there's still a lot of instability and there are people who want the monarchy back as well.
0: Right, of um, course.
1: Because. Yeah, I think after the monarch. Anyway, I don't know about the politics, so I won't get into it. But anyway, they're still alive, and if you're not too tired, we can get into I'm some not. of the. I'm not. I don't know about
0: <laughs> any of people listening, but I'm not.
1: Yeah, this case is there's just so much going on, but it's um, so
0: fascinating, though.
1: Yes, let me tell you some of the suspicions, right? Yes, please. So why do people think that this was all a plot? And Mm -hmm. Dipendra, he was pretty much sacrificed. He... Mm,
0: Scapegoat.
1: Yeah, scapegoat. And I watched uh, a lot of, you know, documentaries, articles. And every time I feel like, you know what? Maybe the simplest answer is just what happened. Dipendra, he... You know, there was so much pressure on him and he just snapped. Under the influence of alcohol, drugs, he was into guns. And maybe he just, yeah, snapped and killed his family. And every time I kind of lean towards that, because we have these witnesses. So, in this one documentary, you have the king's cousin, his, uh, so the great uncle of Dipendra, and his brother in law, mm-hmm. who's literally like his wife and her sister, they all got killed. Like, they wouldn't want to cover up for someone else who actually murdered his, their family members, but then again, they could be threatened, so we don't know. But mm-hmm. um, I want to believe what they're telling us because they lived through it. But every time I watch something like that and I go to the comments, they all say everybody in Nepal doesn't believe the official statements. Okay. Or the majority, the absolute majority. We all know it was a plot. We all know the the crown prince didn't do it. And the official statements is bullshit. So because most of the people, they don't believe the official reports. They all think someone else either influenced Dipendra and then killed him, used him, or another theory, oh wait, let me just tell you the suspicious stuff, right? So yes. depended that he was right-handed, mm-hmm. but he was killed by a bullet wound on the left side. Okay. However, however, be- there, um, people say that he was really, you know, a perfectionist, I would say. He tried to always be the best at everything he did. You saw that when he was in the karate team, he became the captain, he never lost mm-hmm. much, went to the army. And he also trained himself, allegedly, to be ambidextrous, so he could use both hands. Yeah, so it wasn't too weird. Like, he could shoot with his left hand, apparently. Uh, There are also some other people who say that he was actually shot in the back and not the left side. But these these are not, you know, we don't know who said that. (laughs) It's just. If there were no autopsies. (laughs) Yeah. And. Also, some say that there were two bullets fired from his pistol. So these are, you know, all alleged. These are all theories. So I don't know. But the fact that there are no autopsies, we can't deny that these statements might be true.
0: Yeah, there's questions, obviously. Yeah, these
1: are all left open. You could have proven these things wrong if you had an official autopsy done by the Scotland Yard, perhaps. But we don't. So... Uh... So that, these are the things that people found suspicious. And some other theories or statements made by people who lived around the palace. Mm-hmm. So none of this is official because it wasn't, they weren't interviewed. Uh, but there are people who live close by to the palace who say that on the day this happened, they saw many cars leaving the palace at night when all this should have happened. Mm-hmm. With people sitting in the cars that looked like the pendra. Okay. so they saw for example the prince leaving the palace in a car at a time when he was supposed to have been shot and in a coma and then we also have later on I think there was a book that had the statements of two maids at the palace who say that there were people who were dressed in military uniforms Mm -hmm. who were wearing masks that looked like Dipendra and they were the ones shooting the people so they had multiple people dressed up as Dipendra who killed the king Yeah, and the that family was
0: members. a thing. Good thing that you mentioned it because mm-hmm. when you told me that he like dressed in like mm-hmm. camouflage and like the whole like army getup, I was like, yeah. Why do you need to do that if like yes. if, if your plan is to just like go out and like kill members of your family for whatever reason, mm-hmm. why do you need to put on exactly
1: it's so strange and then they would say okay he was actually sober this whole time but um he was just pretending to be drunk and all that but why it's like just so he can excuse himself and get ready for the his plans but then he doesn't have to he can just say oh excuse me for a second go up get the guns so that's very strange as well yeah exactly so this is A weird thing, again. Okay. If you think in this direction, it seems like it definitely has to be a plot. He didn't do it. Right. But then with the other, you know, things we did mention, where the statement, they were saying that it it wasn't the prince, as he was still lying in the coma, or it was just an accident. You feel like, oh, it wasn't a car. So it's all very tricky. But anyway.
0: Well, okay. Another thing you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So the car is leaving, and people saying they saw someone that looked like the um leaving. Does that mean there's some people believing that, like, he's still alive out there? And,
1: like, maybe he, like, ran off to be with Deviani? Uh, so, no. Well, I know he didn't run off with Deviani because she fled the country afterwards to Europe oh. and later got married to someone else. Okay. And she wasn't involved in this... Whole thing anymore, and stayed away from it. She, I don't think she gave statements either about the phone calls that were made between her and Dipendra.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But some, I think there's people who believe everything. Some people believe that Dipendra is still alive, secretly living somewhere. Others think that it was just one of the body doubles who left the palace in the car. Right. And yeah, so Dipendra was actually killed, uh, but just not shooting himself, but killed by someone else. So it's just really strange. And hmm. uh, before we go into more other theories, <laughs> how many you know, are just, there? <laughs> just want to go back to the. Uh, so it, wait. So basically, there's the other theories that say that it was the Maoists who did it. Um, they wanted to get rid of the monarchy, but then you also have others who say that they weren't capable of something like that. It was probably India or even the USA. Like, basically international government forces who were manipulating what's going on.
0: Okay, but they would have, like, if they wanted to um, end the monarchy, then they would have made sure that they got, like, everybody, right? Like, they wouldn't have just...
1: a theory was that because, like, they purposefully left Yanendra and Paras alive so that they would look suspicious. Like, they would survive. And then everybody would think that they did it.
0: Right. Because if they killed everyone,
1: then, you know, it's just, okay, what next? But, like, this, they already knew that, or the theory goes, that they knew that if Gyanendra becomes the king, people would definitely not accept it, and the monarchy would naturally end. If that makes well, sense. Well,
0: that, I mean, that seems to um, make the whole plan ride on a lot of assumptions instead of facts
1: so well i think i don't know because i feel like from what i've read the public resentment towards kenendra and prince paras was so deep-seated and like they he killed three people apparently with his drunk driving and didn't get into any trouble so they it was obvious that like if he became the crown prince people would not accept it so well i don't know so yeah it's one of the theories for sure and mm-hmm. they feel like, you know, or it was a cooperation between maybe the the military in Nepal along with another foreign force who would benefit from this. But right. honestly, it's beyond my knowledge, my uh, my understanding. Honest, so, yeah.
0: I feel like there could have been smarter ways to do it. Because if it was a plot, let's say, then wouldn't it have been suspicious that the person like the one person that isn't there Mm. like that's just dumb like it
1: just like exactly that's why um they some people think it was he was basically also sort of framed in a way like not officially framed but they made it so that he looked super suspicious yeah
0: but yeah if because i mean if you were the one who um, we're plotting this, mm-hmm. then obviously you'd think like, okay, wh- where am I going to be? Does it make me look suspicious? And mm-hmm. if I was Ginandra and then I was like, okay, this is the plan and mm-hmm. I'm going to be somewhere else so that I for sure survive, Like, I, th- that'd be like my first thought. Okay, but then that's weird because why am I the only one? exactly yeah like it should have been like oh maybe he was there but he like left early or he got injured but not fatally or he was able to hide or something like that like there's yeah, that would have
1: been a more convincing
0: if it was a plot if it was
1: a plot by him yes so so yeah that's why i'm not sure to be honest because if he really was behind it it was very dumb the way he did it
0: Yes. And he didn't do a very good job afterwards of like No, he completely ruined protecting his outcome.
1: (laughs) From what I've read online on comments, most people believe that he was behind it. So if we feel like that theory is honestly not that solid, then we're just left with was it really Dependra then who did it? Or were there other you know, it was like a organized military maybe mission. But Let me just go back real quick to Dependa. (laughs) Okay. I'm almost done. Is he really who we think he is? So he was well loved by the people, but Mm -hmm. people who are kind of from the royal family, they also say that he had great PR. So he also did shitty things, but you guys just didn't know about it because his PR was that great as the crown prince. So according to this one guy called... Uh, Vivek Kumar Shah I don't know if he's related to the family With the last name being Shah But I don't know But he was uh, the former military secretary To King Birendra
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And he met Dipendra when he was So when Dipendra was three years old And he was also the military secretary When the massacre happened And so he saw uh, Dipendra grow up Mm -hmm. And according to him he didn't really get a lot of love from his family, and the queen especially was they had a very difficult relationship. And she would also um if he refused to do things that she told her told him to do, she would shout and slap him and all that and basically order him around all the time. So and he wasn't even really raised by his parents, but by nannies and also kind of kept away from other children, which led to him becoming a very Uh, quote, eccentric and stubborn spoiled brat unquote and uh, he also enjoyed hurting other people he would Uh beat people to the ground until they cried as a kid and Vivek, he says, he was personally also slapped and kicked by Dipendra as were many other sort of aides in the palace and Dipendra, he also caught small animals like birds mice Uh, he tortured them to death he would, like, light the mouse's tail on fire. Okay. Yeah, so... You have these stories coming out. Like, a sadistic side of the Dipendia that the people didn't know about. Now, we don't know, of course, whether Vivek is telling the truth. But... Right. Yeah, I'm not sure what he... Maybe he would... I don't know. He basically published all of this in a book, so maybe he earned money out of it. I don't know. Uh, but maybe it's the truth. And so he says that because... Dipendra was so much, causing so much trouble within the palace, that's why they sent him to a boarding school, and he had a lot more freedom, but he also started to abuse that freedom. He was drinking and smoking in grade 7, and yeah, he was also of the idea that uh, Dipendra, he wasn't really drunk, or even drugged. He thinks that he uh, never, like, even saw that he was behaving in a drunkenly manner, and he feels like panda was just pretending he was drunk, but he was actually in control. And what really triggered him, according to Vivek, is that he had the ambition to be king. He would have been. Yeah, but because of the problems that, you know, with Divyani and his risk of being disinherited by his family, he might not become king if he wants to marry the woman he loves. So anyway, he once said allegedly, that if I don't become king, then nobody does.
0: Right, but the the thing is also what you were saying, like, oh, he says that Dupendra had this, like, other side. Like, obviously mm-hmm. all the information we have is only from the, like, media public side. Like, unless mm-hmm. one of the members of the family, like, gives a statement, like, oh, this is how he was. Like, he did these things, um, yeah. in, front of in, like, in public, but did these things in private. Like, we don't have a full picture and I mean, we also don't have a full picture of the like actual dynamics within the family because Mm -hmm. I mean, from what you said, there was some like tension between like Dipendra and his mother. And Mm -hmm. obviously like most kids of like rulers or monarchy, like they're not raised by their parents, especially if they're like acting, monarchs which in this case like yeah it was constitutional but they still would have been busy Mm. none of those kids are gonna be like 100% raised by their parents so obviously there's gonna be like tension there because they don't really know each other and the parents are always gonna have expectations for Mm -hmm. like not just their child but for the next ruler so Mm -hmm. that just that's just logical for that to be there so like the way you told what he said about Dependra, Mm. it makes it sound super dramatic but if you Mm -hmm. think about it it's just logical so it's not super out of the ordinary like it's just i mean except for like the bits if it's
1: true that he killed animals and beat people except for
0: that yeah because that's part of the like psychopath like serial killer Mm. trifecta but all the other stuff it's like well yeah that just makes sense Mm -hmm. so plus like if that's the dynamic and then you add the stuff on top of it with like he has this person he loves but then this mother who didn't even like really raise him Mm -hmm. is like trying to make him give up the person he loves like that Mm. adds on top of that so honestly that's I I call bullshit
1: (laughs) on that yeah (laughs) and a lot of people I think in Nepal they're also not buying this story because they feel like Yeah, he's dead now. You can say whatever you want about him. He can't defend himself. Yeah. So they don't really just accept it like that. Yeah. And a lot of the people... So, of course, we don't know if it's PR or if he just pretended to be, like, a kind person in public, uh, which is, I think, obviously very possible, very likely, that he would, you know, behave well in public if he had a darker side. But the people that do kind of had some relationship with him, like someone who went to the same school with him they would say that oh he was super kind and if anyone had any problems like uh or questions about schoolwork or whatever he would always help out as well so but i don't think that's you know a sign that he could not have killed people because they can yeah be a psychopath or so they can pretend those to be nice. things don't necessarily have to yeah. like both be so, present the thing is we don't know and yeah. there's also another aide so this is what Vivek said right but there was another aide who I just read like one sentence about this so I'm not sure how accurate it was but apparently one of the aides he uh, was really confused when he heard about what happened because he was like okay. the, depend that he was already like he made his made up his mind to marry Devyani and give up his throne why would he do yeah. that now so we I have no this is the only place I read this that he actually chose Devyani instead of uh, yeah. becoming king and if that is true then he doesn't have a motive right so then yeah. there is okay if that is true guess who comes up with an, another reason why Dependra would be uh, would still have another motive to kill his father for example
0: his uncle?
1: Uh, close enough Prince Paras really? so yeah <laughs> so Paras he ended up let me just check when this, from when this article was. But he came out years later, uh, where he would say that there was another reason why uh, Dipendra. So 2009. This was like eight so years. So just afterwards. after the monarchy was abolished. Yes, it is. He says that there was also an arms deal that is related to this whole plot, and. Apparently Dipendra was going to make a lot of money with an arms deal. Uh so that's also a bit weird the telegraph says it was a million dollars whereas the BBC said it was 15 15 million dollars. So I'm I'm going to go with the BBC's version just because it's a lot more.
0: It's BBC. <laughs> if you're going
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's BBC and they um I don't know if it's for 15 million dollars it's definitely more of a reason than 1 million I guess yeah. because So apparently that was going to be like his backup fund. So if he were to uh, get married to Devyani, so that he would have enough money, and because she came from such a rich family, I don't think a million would have made much of a difference. But if it was 15 million, and then uh, apparently this arms deal was opposed, like the king opposed this arms deal, and Dependah was really upset because that meant he wouldn't make that money. And that was like one of the deciding reasons, because that was like his backup plan for if you were to kind of marry Devyani. But yeah, that was claimed by Pada, so I don't know if it's true. It came out years later. And yeah, it, yeah. there's just so many, also, so many factors. Also, just the fact
0: that it like came out like after the monarchy was abolished, meaning mm-hmm. he doesn't have any power anymore, mm. it kind of makes it look like it's a ploy to like get media attention again after like Maybe, being yeah. sort of thrown um, mm. off off a pedestal mm.
1: um,
0: plus what I was also just thinking is that so Deviani basically gave him an ultimatum right and then he came and um, allegedly had like poison and said like um, if mm. I can't marry you like I'm gonna kill myself so the whole yeah. Romeo and Juliet thing which gives that Um, Comment from that one aid credence about like he'd already Mm -hmm. decided to like marry Deviani and like give Mm -hmm. up his throne which like kind of gives that some more like um, power or yeah just kind of backs it up more plus Mm -hmm. like the thing with the RMC like yeah okay with like the money and like funds if he's disinherited blah 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 but Mm -hmm. it's not like Deviani like you said she came from a richer family so like even if he like gave up his throne to marry deviani like th- it's not like they would have been destitute like they still would have had like backing yeah. of a, like powerful family and actually like exactly. partly also backing of sort of the biggest rivals of his own family
1: yeah so it's just rana very confusing but well i feel like if he really was drunk right or if he Mm -hmm. usually doesn't get drunk he holds his liquor well maybe he was drugged at some point and that's why he suddenly couldn't you know stand properly and because if he just had like i feel like if he was pretending to be drunk he would drink a lot more (laughs) as well not just two glasses of whiskey and then have a cigarette of weed Uh, plus
0: the throwing up
1: Yeah, so it feels like maybe he was drugged. And I also feel like, yeah, what is the point of pretending to be drunk? He was having difficulty undressing when the aides came to check on him. He would have to depend on Devyani calling them to say, can you please check on him? Yeah. Of course, she could have been in on it or whatever, but in the end, it didn't work out for them (laughs) either. Yeah,
0: it doesn't... It doesn't, like, none of it makes sense in the end if he kills himself. Because I was also just thinking similarly, like, yeah, maybe it is planned. Um, Maybe he was acting drunk, but maybe it kind of got out of control, and he didn't mean to, like, kill himself in the end, but he, like, it got out of control and he couldn't really handle it, what he'd done after all. But... Like you said, we're not going to be able to solve this. Like, none of it makes sense. We don't have all the info. We could talk about this forever. Exactly. But so, so
1: fascinating. It is. And I still have to tell you a mini, many, mini story (laughs) to end this. Which is the theory that this was all part of a curse. Oh, Okay. There's this legend of, remember the first king of the Shah dynasty, King Prithvi? Yeah. There's the legend that he was cursed. Okay. um, That he was traveling and he came upon a mystic yogi. And the king offered the yogi some curd. The mystic, he took it, he ate it, and then he regurgitated that curd and offered it back to the king to eat. Yeah, the king reacted similarly to you. He rejected (laughs) it, and then the curd fell onto the king's feet, covering his ten toes. Mm -hmm. And the mystic was so offended that he then cursed the king, saying that his dynasty will last uh, as long as, like, generations, as long as... The toes that it covered? Exactly, the toes that it covered. So it would only last ten generations. Okay. And if you remember, Birendra was the tenth king. Yeah. And after him came the downfall. So for some people who believe in this legend or this curse, they think, well, they were cursed from the beginning and it was going to end anyway, and that's how it ended.
0: Huh. I mean, that's... Yes. Um, <laughs> like, were, were there um, sort of talks of the story before the massacre? Or was this... All, like, did it all just show up uh, after?
1: I think it existed before, but because of the massacre it had this resurgence right, perhaps
0: course.
1: yeah but i don't want to say exactly cuz i don't know
0: it's it's definitely the perfect way to sort of round it out because yeah. i mean maybe it was a pl- like maybe it was planned maybe it wasn't but basically like it probably goes back to the story or it doesn't who knows yeah and- so it's
1: just a super fascinating case and there's yeah. so many angles there's so many theories and I still don't know what I I think this I is more believe. convoluted
0: than my case was.
1: <laughs> yeah I think this is the convoluted one we had so far for sure and I think for the next case I have to do one where it's super clear who <laughs> did it and why they did it.
0: <laughs> yeah I mean at first it's me though.
1: Yes first is you and Thank you for your patience. Oh, there was for me there was
0: no patience episode. involved. I was super riveted the entire That's time. Good.
1: I'm glad. Yeah. I was worried that it would just get so convoluted. Yeah. That you would like not follow the story anymore. But yeah, I think the more I did research on it, the more fascinating it became right. and yeah, it just occupied me for days. <laughs> I'm glad to finally I've told the story to you now. Now you can and...
0: get rid of all that knowledge in your brain.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll see. But yeah, super fascinating. Yeah, I and agree. We'll never know what happens. I'm but... glad that I didn't
0: know any of this beforehand. Mm. Like, me too. I, I didn't have any knowledge <laughs> of it because it just made it so much more um, like fascinating to learn as you told it.
1: Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and for that one. If someday we have listeners in Nepal or who That'd be so this, cool. That would be cool. And yeah, we'd be so interested to know what you think about this. Yes. But we'll have to get those listeners first. So.
0: <laughs> but for now we're very <laughs> thankful for the ones we do have and we hope you stick yes. around. And uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well I guess that's it for today then. We need to wrap things up. Holy
0: crap, yes we do. Well, we'll hopefully see you, or hopefully you'll be here again next Monday for my case, which is gonna be a European one. And that's all I'm gonna say.
1: Look forward to it. All right. (laughs) Then see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.